Come on, Rich. Let's see here. Okay. All right. Let me get back over here. Hey, brother, can you hear me? I can hear you. Read your lead, my Charlie. Okay, let me see if I can make you a moderator. There it is right there. Okay, give me a second. We're up. Okay, hey, everybody. J.R. Alanis with Third Day Coffee Seguin, and I'm having some tech issues. I tried all the tech out this afternoon, and I had everything down pat, and then I got real smarty pants and decided I was going to make some changes uh, about 20 minutes ago, and I have been running uh, full steam ever since trying to trying to get back on track. Um, so if you are watching this and you would rather not watch but run around with your ear pods in uh, and you have an iPhone, you can go to um, Clubhouse and we are streaming live. Uh, my brother, my friend, Richard Kaufman, the comeback coach, uh, is moderating that room. Um He'll be there, and hopefully somebody will will show up that way. Hey, Joe, how you doing, brother? Uh, thanks for for tuning in, cousin. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and bring my guest in, and then we'll talk about. I wrote all kinds of notes. I had this all down pat, and then I just goofed it all up at the last minute. Hey, brother, how you doing, Travis? I'm doing better than your technical issues, that's for sure. <laughs> you got that right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I've just yeah, it, it's nuts. Okay, let me see here. Uh, we are live. Not cause trouble. Oh, whoa, 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 um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, there we go. That was scary. All right, all right. So <laughs> I'm still like fighting uh, all kinds of nonsense here, but it's okay. We're we're gonna get through this. It's gonna be great. Uh, I've got a great guest, folks. Uh, okay. J.R. Alanis with Third Day Coffee Seguin, and it is Friday night. It's 19.02, so I'm running a little bit behind, but uh, it's our weekly edition of God Country Coffee podcast, uh, live video podcast. Uh, and uh, tonight, my guest is is uh, so unique in so many different ways uh, that I can't even begin to wrap my mind around uh, all the things. And uh, first of all, I'm going to tell you that he's a naval officer and, you know, thank God that I'm not in the Navy anymore because otherwise I'd have to salute him because he's active duty. And so, uh, but uh, he warrants a salute, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, while we're, while I'm getting started and yes, I'm a couple of seconds behind, but I'm going to try and get uh, all my pages up here so that I can see comments. If you're watching and, uh, and you can hear us fine, uh, please comment. Uh, just send me something that says that you're that the, the volume is good for both of us. I would appreciate that. And why are we not live? Oh, I am live there. Okay, yeah, you sure are. All right, we're good there. <laughs> and uh, and then we're good here. And I'm not going to look at the YouTube one. And uh, we're on Clubhouse. And uh, um, oh, perfect, Richard. Thank you. And, uh, and just watch that room for a little while. If nobody chimes in on that, Rich, then, then we'll just, uh, you know, 
we'll let it run and and we'll try again next time i'll try to uh somehow promote that so a little bit before we get started with because i usually do this stuff before i bring my guest on and uh, and i didn't have time because i i totally messed everything up but uh <laughs> my uh American Patriots Almanac, and I like to read stuff here. Not all the time, but sometimes I do. And I thought there was some interesting points today because we're both Navy. And so, um, first off, Kansas in 1861 on this date, on January the 29th, uh, Kansas became the 24th state of the Union. Um, the American League is organized in Philadelphia with eight teams. Um, in 1936, uh, the first five inductees into the hall, into the baseball's Hall of Fame, including Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth, are named in Cooperstown. And then the last, and of course my favorite, because I've been on that ship, uh, 1944, uh, January 29th, 1944, the USS Missouri, the Navy's, Navy's last battleship, uh, was launched in New York City. And so that's my great for your age. I know, right? <laughs> I wasn't stationed on it. I've just, I've, I've been on it. Uh, I'm not that old yet. Uh, so some other things real quick, some housekeeping stuff that I usually like to do. First off, I, I my wife kind of messed me up today. Uh, she was, uh, she had to go pick up some stuff from the store and she said, hey, I need help. So can you, I said, well, yeah, we were cutting it close. You know, I got this thing. She goes, I know, I know, just come out. And so I went out. And uh, I'm going to show you the magazine first because here comes my neighbor down the street. They were they were uh, co-conspirators. And so my birthday is coming up on the 10th of February. And my neighbor across the street, my wife asked him what, you know, what I what she should get me because it's my 50th birthday. And so he pulls up and he tells her, you need to get this new Ruger 57. <laughs> and, and so uh, Glenn comes down the street. You know, because I was outside talking to my other neighbor and he's like, hey, man, check, check out this new gun. I was like, dude, you know, I can't even afford that gun. And so I'm not even going to look at it. And so my wife pulls up. <laughs> and uh, I got to tell you, I've already shot this thing because, I mean, that's a 50th birthday present. I mean, I don't care. I, I don't have words for it. All I got to say is, sweetheart, I love you. Thank you. You're the best. Uh, she's bought me two Rugers now, and they're both awesome pistols. Um, hello, yeah. Kim on uh, on uh, Clubhouse. Thanks for joining in. And, uh, okay, so the last thing before we get into our stuff is Third Day Coffee Seguin. We have your Valentine's covered. Uh, we have a Valentine's package. Um, and it's it's uh, customizable. You can do it however you want. I'm going to open this up so you can kind of see. Um, first off, the little thing there, it's, it's kind of hard to see, but it says I love you on it. It's got little hearts. You know, it's very Valentine's-y. And, um, and so what you'll get is you'll get 12 ounces of our coffee of your, of your choosing. Uh, you're going to get about an ounce and a half of chocolate-covered coffee beans. Uh, these are not our coffee, but uh, they're really good. And I, I can tell you that's why I'm not drinking coffee tonight because I packed all 20 of these uh, for the pack <laughs> tonight. And, you know, you got to sample the, the goods a little bit. And so I've had too much uh, coffee beans with caffeine in them. And uh, this is a little teddy bear that's got a, <coughs> excuse me, 
keychain, and it also says "I love you" on it. And then from really, right? And then from yeah. really designed yeah. uh, at a veteran-owned business, uh, uh, some of our branded coffee cups that have our our uh, podcast logo, God Country Coffee. And so uh, you'll have to get with me on that. Uh, and and then I have an add-on. If you want to add a little bit extra, I've got some of these uh, medallions that were custom made for us. They say "God Coffee Country," and you can use them as a keychain or whatever. These are thirty dollars. I normally sell them for forty, but I'm going to let them go for thirty because I need to. I need. To, I've got six left, and I I want to sell them. Uh, you can add this to your package. Uh, the packages are going to be eighty dollars. That covers the coffee, the cup, the chocolate, the teddy bear. Uh, and it's also got a label on it uh, that I can put whoever's name you want on there. And uh, gents, mostly gents. I don't know women too, but but guys, you better not you better not forget Valentine's for your honey. Now, listen, you can go buy her some flowers, but they're gonna die like in a week. I mean, you know, this she'll have a coffee cup that she can use or he can use, uh, and you know she'll have some goodies or he'll have some goodies. And so it's, it's much more value uh in my little package then you're going to get out of some flowers that are gonna that are gonna wilt in about three days and so um so that's that's that that's the housekeeping part of it uh i i can't say enough about my wife she's just a rock star um so god coffee country we're gonna talk about travis now uh i took some notes when i read your bio because there was so much meat there that uh, that I just had to put a few things down. So I'm going to cover all this, and then we're going to talk, and you can cover it however you want to. Uh, <laughs> Keith, thanks for chiming in. Joseph, thanks for chiming in. Okay, uh, first off, you've moved 50 times, mm -hmm. like household possessions, clothes, person, 50 times. You've almost been murdered twice. <laughs> um. You're active duty naval officer. Mm -hmm. You are very involved in church. You're an ordained minister. Yep. And you're a published author. Yeah. I don't even know where to start with all that. So here, <laughs> first, I'm going to thank God for all the blessings, even though with all the tech issues I have, uh, I'm extremely blessed. God uh, has blessed our business. Our business is exploding. Uh, the people that God has put around us. Uh, I, I can't even, there is no way that I humanly could have made those connections, could have put those people in front of myself. Uh, that is all a God thing. And, uh, and so I give my gratitude to, to God almighty for just the unbelievable and unending blessings that he just keeps pouring down, uh, on us and our business. And uh, I'm going to give a shout out. Both of us are wearing hats tonight. Mine says pray. And Travis says the nonprofit architect. And these are both from a, another veteran that we <laughs> know, J.D. Tierney with uh, Southpaw Laser Concepts. Uh, GetSouthpaw.com is his website. Um, and I'll try to put that stuff in the uh in the uh, show notes here in just a little while before I forget. Um, Travis, if you'll drop your web address, it's nonprofitarchitect.net. That org, nonprofitarchitect.org. 
Okay, I'm, let me let me do that real quick before we get real in. Okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to create www. Is it the nonprofit or just nonprofit architect? Just nonprofit architect. See, I should have done just done, done my homework and done this ahead of time, but <laughs> I was going to be all tech savvy. Architect.org. Okay. And then we're going to scroll that and, and take a look at it. Make sure that it uh, that it's appropriate, that it's correct, non-profit. Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay. All right. So, um, hello, Luke, on, uh, I guess, in and out We'll see how people show up. on. I'm trying to do this first time also on Clubhouse. Uh, I was in one of the rooms, and they suggested that as I do my live every week that I ought to ought to broadcast it live on Clubhouse. And so we're going to start trying to do that and see what we can come up with. Okay. All that being said, uh, introduce yourself the rest of the way, aside from this. <laughs> should. Tell me oh, a little bit more. You want to know more about me? Other things that I'm doing? I'm currently hosting the Nonprofit Architect Podcast, helping you build a stronger nonprofit. We interview Nonprofit leaders, business leaders, consultants, people with the special skills to help nonprofits do what they're doing better. Uh, you know, having the 50 moves, surviving two murder attempts and a bunch of other stuff that uh, we skipped over in, in the interview. You know, it was almost someone else that was helping keep us sheltered, clothed and fed. And now that I'm in a different position, I feel like it's my mission to help the helpers do it better because all these people out there providing services and helping people live life, they're, they're helping the future me out there. They're helping someone else stay sheltered, clothed, and fed, to have a good life, to learn, laugh, and love. And uh, I'm just blessed to be able to do that with you all here today. That is so awesome. Um, so where do you, moving 50 times, where do you call home and what led up to you joining the service? Uh, I'm currently in Oklahoma City. I'm stationed here in the Navy. I know it's shocking. It's the middle of the country. Uh, flying. Uh, you can't really see it on the camera. There's an airplane behind me that I fly. Uh, mission commander on the E-6B Mercury. Uh, most of my time growing up was spent in and around northern Minnesota. Went to 12 schools, six states, five foster homes, survived two murder attempts, and... Uh, Almost went to jail, so got some pretty serious trouble. And what do you do after you do all that stuff? Well, you graduate high school at 17. And there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity up there. Uh, our family name wasn't the best. My grades weren't the best. And uh, found an opportunity to get out of there and join the Navy to you know, take control of my own life. Everyone in there learn, learns honor, courage, and commitment. Everyone there has the same set of rules, and I can choose to be whoever I want to be. I can choose to be my own person. All that stuff that happened to me growing up didn't matter. I could choose moving from then forward. I could decide who I was going to be. I was going to show up, you know, show up on time, work hard, get promoted, do all those things, take care of my family. And that's what I did. That, that's amazing. Um, I, um, I, I can't even imagine. I don't even know where to start with you. I looked at this stuff and I read over it and I read over it and I read over it. And I was like, Man, I don't, I don't even know where to start. Uh, let, let's talk about how you got involved and what led up to you being an ordained minister. Sure. So I had uh, I had some friends of mine that got ordained online. I had some friends in person, and uh, 
uh, there was a, a friend of friends of mine, a, a couple that uh, were looking for a minister. And I was like, you know what? I would like to be the one that marries you too. So I went through, I went through the process, got ordained. Uh, we did a beautiful wedding up in Tulsa. Greg and Keir Christensen are now married for shoot three or four years already. Uh, they're having a wonderful marriage, love and life. He's retired Navy. She's still active duty, uh, active duty Navy chief. And they're, uh, they've got a great little family. That's, that's amazing. I, like I said, I was, I was, um, I've been thinking about this since we talked the other day and, and uh, somebody who else in her interviewed you said, man, look at his link because he's got a lot of stuff. I wish I would have looked at it before I interviewed him. And so I, I went out there and looked, you know, mm-hmm. and it's still, I still didn't even know where to start. Uh, so what, what have you published? It says that you're a published author. Uh, so when I first got into the nonprofit world, I wanted to just show up and help. And they were looking for active duty military or veterans to share their story. And I got shared in Walk with Warriors that was put together by Shannon Whittington and Books by Vet. So I'm a published author in one of those chapters. And I love what she was doing so much. I asked like, hey, how can I help? Do you need volunteers? Do you need board, board members? What do you need? And she's like, you know what? I really need board members. Uh, so she invited me on her staff. And at the time, I was also doing uh, Warrior's Wallet on the side, which I'm not doing anymore full time. Uh, every now and again, I help someone out. But you know, we helped 400 families pay off $6 million in debt. And I was doing a blog and doing some other things with that. And uh, came out with a car buying guide and really you know, show people how I saved $30,000 on each of my last two vehicle purchases and what that looked like. So that was book number two. Uh, book number three came out this week, and it's uh, in digital form only. You can contact me. There's a contact form at nonprofitarchitect.org. Created the Ultimate Podcaster's Guide. I've been hosting the Nonprofit Architect for uh, about a year and a half, but we've had quite a bit of success with it. We've been ranked number four in the U.S., number six in Canada, number three in Switzerland. And along with Richard Kaufman, who's running the clubhouse right now, him and I were both on the top 25 veteran hosted podcasts uh, last November, 2020 with Steve Ulster at podcast magazine. And we're on there with greats like Jocko Willick and John Lee Dumas from entrepreneurs on fire. Uh, and people wanted to know how I was doing it. I started fielding more nonprofit or excuse me, more podcast questions than nonprofit questions. So I hopped on there. I put that thing together uh, and I started selling that last week and it had quite the, the number of sales. I think I'm o- over 30 sales already uh, having a good time with it. So, yeah, that's uh, I've got it and I've started looking over it and I can't wait to get through the rest of it. And, uh, <laughs> I wish I, you know, I mean, I'm, I am literally doing this by the seat of my pants. And, uh, and so it's, uh, it is slow coming, but it's just because, you know, I need to get more into it. I need to do my, my homework on my side. Um, yeah. but I know, starting. I know that that's, yeah. that that's really, really uh, value added. Uh, there that I got from you and I'm looking forward to putting some of those principles to work and, mm-hmm. uh, and just, you know, um, I'm a strong believer, man, that we have to lift each other up. And honestly, I, I told you as soon as you told me how much it was that it wasn't near enough. And, <laughs> I'm not I'm to take more. If you want to pay me more for it, I'm, I'm okay with it. All right. <laughs> uh, and so uh, come on now, you got that officer pay going. <laughs> well, you know, we'll see how much longer that's still uh, that's still in effect, right? I'm over 20 years of service, so I'm 
you know, making decisions about retirement and what that's going to look like and, and how that's going to impact my family. And, you know, I still have to keep them fed. I like them around, you know. How old are you, Travis? I am 39, along with my wife. Uh, we've got more than 20 years in the Navy. Uh, my daughter, we're having, she's turning 18 here in about 10 days. And I've got a 12-year-old boy in the seventh grade. So, Wow. Yeah. Your, your house is definitely blessed, brother. Mm. Um, hello, Carrie. Carrie's watching now. Um, and uh, yeah, so let's talk about kind of um, what you're doing, because I, I really think that what you're doing right now, I have a friend of mine and, and uh, he was, he was involved with a, with a charity event today. And so he wasn't able to jump on. Uh, he's actually there right now. Uh, but he's a uh, medically retired Marine. Mm -hmm. um, and he suffered uh, with severe PTSD and he was on medication and the whole bit and got off of it every once in a while, about every, about once a year when school started, I could tell that he kind of went off because he would disappear for a while and he was my trainer. So it's kind of obvious, you know, when, when he just kind of lays low for a little while. And anyway, he watched a movie that they did about a guy that was going to, you know, end his life. He was, he decided that suicide is the way he was going to go. And he planned it all out. He did everything he wanted to do. And the last thing that he wanted to do before he ended his life was to go surfing. And so he he got a hold of these veterans. I don't know if you're familiar with this movie or not. I can't remember the name of it. But uh, he got a hold of them. They're a veteran outfit. They took the guy surfing and he fell in love with it. And so that was his therapy. Mm -hmm. And so Robert saw this and he's like, man, he went skydiving and I don't remember how that all happened. I have to have him on the show and talk about it, but he went skydiving and the same, he wasn't ready to, you know, to end his life or anything like that. I, I don't know. I, I, we haven't talked about that, but um, he was in a bad place and he started skydiving and all of a sudden uh, he wants to do this all the time. It's his therapy. Mm -hmm. He's able, he's been able to stabilize the rest of his life. All the other parts of his life uh going and doing this constantly and he's part of it now and he's got his license and he's trying to get his next license so that he can do video and and then eventually he'll get another license where he can do tandem jumps and stuff like that yeah and so what you know i he wanted to what he wants to do is try to start a non-profit and so i said man i i know the perfect guy to talk to <laughs> Uh, let's say, let's talk about your, your business now, because, um, that's kind of where, you know, I wanted to spend the bulk of our time. I really wanted you to be able to, uh, talk about your business, uh, and exactly what you do. And, and what if somebody like me or my friend, Robert just comes to you and says, Hey, Travis, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have any clue. I know that I would like to do something, uh, in the nonprofit world, but, uh, where do I start? Well, I'd say the, the first thing I try to do is talk people out of it. And the, the reason I try to talk people out of it is not because they shouldn't start a nonprofit. But, but you know, in, in your friend's case, he wants to help a group of people, right? And that's why most people start nonprofits. And there's nothing wrong with that. The problem is that they, they envision that they have to start their own organization in order to make this happen. And, and that's where, you know, kind of the, the myth comes in because you can find someone that's doing something similar, in his case, adventure sports, 
And maybe he can be a program manager uh, under their umbrella, under their nonprofit, and he can just focus on taking people skydiving all day long, not worried about fundraising, not worried about filing the paperwork, not worrying about you know how to handle the board and all that other BS because there is just a ton of headache that comes with starting a nonprofit. And if he could start his own program based on someone else's organization, then why not? He's going to be able to make an impact faster. He's going to have less stress and he's going to be able to do what he really wants to do. You know, that's like someone that uh, is really good at programming and they wonder why they're working for an organization. They want to go start their own organization. That's great. They got the programming down, but do they know how to run a business? They know how to file the taxes. They know how to do all those things. But uh, other than, you know, finding someone that's doing what you're doing, the, the three main areas you got to focus on are admin, impact, and, and funding. Like, are you going to have the skills necessary to dot the I's, cross the T's, file your taxes every year? Are the things that you're doing aligning with what you told your mission was to the IRS and you're responsible for, for doing that. And not everything you do as a nonprofit, if you veer off your mission at all, any any area you veer off of, like say you rent out one of the rooms in the building that you have to some other organization or you hold a movie night, if that doesn't align with your organization, that income from that can be taxed. So knowing the little intricacies and the ins and outs of that is, is a problem, especially for, for people with a big heart that want to help. Uh, the second is impact. No one really cares what your mission is, right? They don't. They care what impact are you making. That, so that's programs. That is, you know, proof of concept. If he's taking out veteran skydiving, are they having a great time? Is their mental health better? How are they proving that impact? You know, if you're feeding the homeless, it's pretty straightforward. I delivered meals to the homeless here it is straightforward. But if you're helping someone's mental health, that's a little bit harder to say, uh, you know, exactly what kind of impact you're making. And there's tons of organizations out there doing so. And, and I'm quite thankful for all the things that they're doing. But if they can't tell people what the impact is that they're having, that's a hard way to get into funding. Like, why am I as a funder, you know, you keep bringing up that I'm an officer, like I have all this money. And I do. But, <laughs> you know, how how uh, am, are you going to convince me to give up my hard-earned money to help support your cause? Well, if you can't show me an impact on what you're doing, and if you can't open up the books and show me that you're doing it right, then why should I give you money? Um, and that's always the, the hard thing. If those of you out there that are listening to this, that are funders, that, that are donors and love giving money, make sure you're having an impact on your, your local community. Make sure whatever organization you're giving to, whatever you decide that looks like, is, is doing something that you care about with the people that you care about doing it with. Um, you can give to national organizations all day long and you'll look at their their funding and their back end and you'll see all this overhead. Does it take people to deliver programs? It does. Does it take buildings sometimes? It does. Does it take paying for a vehicle sometimes? It does. So don't look at the overhead as just like a, this big number that's not going to programs. Like it's not like you bought me a ticket to Disney World and I'm just going to go up there and, and have the ticket to Disney World. Like someone's going to make sure that that happens. Uh, so there's this, a lot of people out there have a hard time with programs with overhead, but someone's got to deliver the programs. Uh, that's all I can say about that. That's, uh, well, that's a lot of information. I mean, it's obviously you that this is what you do. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, that uh, I, I, man, I can see the, both sides of that. I, I know people who have started. Uh, and and let me ask you this. Is there mm -hmm. a difference? Because I know a lot of 5013Cs, you know, 
Uh, I know like the or one of the organizations that we financially support, they're called, um, I can't say we financially support them. Occasionally we donate to their cause <laughs> because, yeah. because I can't really, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to financially support myself right now, but uh, combat Marine outdoors, we, we make, uh, we making a donation uh, for $500 or whatever. And I know that they're, that they're a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're man they're you know what they're doing they're taking wounded soldiers all over the place and they take them hunting and fishing and and uh, it doesn't matter if you're physically wounded or or you have other scars that people can't see uh they're they're impacting that community um now is there a difference between that and like what robert's trying to do or is that kind of the same thing uh that's along the the same lines you know take them out for for whatever adventure they're having yeah, that's along the same lines. Absolutely. And so, well, that, that's great information because if I, I mean, I wouldn't even know where to start with something like that. Um, so how are you making money? What is your job aside from the Navy? I know the Navy is paying you uh, and as an officer. I wanted to ask you what your rank was. Uh, I'm an O3E. I did 12 years enlisted before getting commissioned and now I'm you want, you want to find out how much money I make? Uh, I, I'm an O3E over 20. You can look at that number on the pay scale somewhere. And then you can go ahead and add eight years of flight pay onto that, plus BAH in Oklahoma City. You can add all those numbers up and see exactly how much I make. Yeah, that BHA would be a whole lot better if it was like in San Diego. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it'd be like five grand a month just on, on BAH in San Diego, but... Yeah, not in San Diego. A little bit cheaper living out here in Oklahoma City. The uh, so I you're a Mustang, so now I have you know I I'm not gonna make your head get any bigger because it might not fit in that hat. But I love Mustang. Active <laughs> <laughs> duty was a Mustang, and uh, you know to, to take all the experiences that you have from the enlisted side because when you do 12 years, you you didn't just get a little taste of it like you were neck deep in, in, uh, in the Navy by the time you went, uh, mm-hmm. became an officer. And so that, that's very, very, uh, commendable. Um, you know, man, that, that's crazy. <laughs> that's outstanding. I keep finding more things out about you. And here I thought your, uh, your bio was uh fun fact filled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Richard, if you're on, uh, I see somebody, Frank, is watching. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions for our guest, uh, Travis Johnson, who is a, a nonprofit architect, uh, please uh, feel free to ask. And uh, uh, you, you won't disrupt the uh, the podcast because I have you in my hearing aids. And I was trying to figure out earlier when I was testing this how they can hear me on on uh, Clubhouse. And it's it's because my hearing aids have a microphone in them. And so with my ear pods on listening to you and myself, mm. it goes into my hearing aids and it goes right into my iPhone, which is just, <laughs> you know, I mean, I was a, yeah. I, I see in the Navy, I, I did electronics. Mm. And so I know a little bit about it. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes this, this tech uh, today just blows, blows me out. I don't even know what to think. Uh, let's see. Soldier girl coffee is looking for causes. Here, let me see. Looking for causes she is passionate in. Okay. I left a question. What is your question, Carrie? 
I don't I don't see it anywhere. Let's see. Did you text it to me? He said, "What is Travis nonprofit?" Uh, I do not have a nonprofit. I've been on the board of a couple of nonprofits. One was Books by Vets, where you helped veterans and first responders share their stories. And I was also on the board of the Shine Foundation here in Oklahoma City. And it was a community service partnership between the court system and the county to allow them to use their big trucks to clean up the city. And they've done a great job doing that. I'm currently not involved directly with a nonprofit, although I have a couple that are uh, very interested in getting me on board. They keep calling me. I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. And I have a few clients where I, I provide consulting and I'm helping them build their nonprofits as well. So how does one get into the nonprofit business if you're a for-profit business? I don't know if I understand the question. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say somebody doesn't want to do a nonprofit. Say they want to help nonprofits just like you're doing. How would I mean? How like I wouldn't even know where to go with that. I'd be confused about my position. Like, what, am I a nonprofit? I'm helping. Not. I wouldn't even know where to go with that. That's why I do coffee. That's why. Well, there you go. That's why I do coffee. Uh, well, it, within any business, you know, any business on the the bare basics of it is you're providing a solution to a problem for a fee. And it doesn't matter what kind of business you're in. If you're in a for profit business or in a nonprofit business, because for those of you that don't know, you must incorporate before you file for 501c3 or other nonprofit tax status. It's just a tax status. It's not a business plan. Um, all of those need to generate money in order to deliver either goods, products, services, or if they're providing experiences for, say, veterans that we've been talking about here. Uh, and those people need need help, right? They usually are started by someone with a big heart and a big mission and a big vision, but they probably don't know how to run a nonprofit. And chances are they also don't really know a whole lot about business. So in order to get better, you have to learn whether that is by listening to a free podcast, I can recommend a good one, or by signing up for some kind of training, professional or otherwise buying books, or if none of that works for you, hire a consultant so they can teach you how to integrate the things that you've learned about, but maybe aren't sure how to actually activate into your world. So uh, that's one of the things that I do as a nonprofit consultant. I do uh, a lot of stuff on the automated fundraising side because I think it's our goal to say no to more work and say yes to more money. And I have a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, I like that. I like automation. I like more money. I, I'm, yeah, I'm down with all of that. That's perfect <laughs> for my profit side, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, I guess I want to ask you some. I, I do want to ask you something's on my mind uh, that's just come up while while we've been talking. Uh, you have a wealth of knowledge, obviously, uh, in your field. You offer a uh, a podcast. Uh, where you, you know, give away value. I mean, otherwise you wouldn't be successful. It wouldn't be the number four in the, in the country. And I don't know what number six in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. So uh, I want to ask you because it, it appears that you had a pretty rough upbringing uh, and the things that you're doing now are, are, you know, everybody determines what success is differently. Um, Myself, it took me, I'm going to be 50 next, well, in like two weeks. It took me 45, 46 years to realize that as long as I'm serving God the way he wants me to serve him, uh, then I'm successful. Uh, the money and everything else to me 
I mean, I, I'm not naive. I understand that my business has to be for profit. If I'm going to do any kind of ministry in the community, if I'm going to do any kind of, of the things that I want to do uh, for veterans and things like that, I understand completely that I have to make money. But that was my my thing. You know, I came to a point where I knew that that's what I wanted. Uh, I had to serve God in a way that that, you know, that he asks us to. And so I guess my question for you is, is at what point in your life, because obviously God played a, a part in your life. Um, uh, you know, I was reading in your, in your bio about how you, you started networking at church. You asked a good friend of yours. And so um, at what point in your life, you know, was it after somebody tried to kill you or was it, you know, the fact of, of moving around to so many foster homes at what point did, did you realize that, that, God was going to be part of your life? Oh, from very, very early. Um, when you've got no one else to rely on, it it seems easy, or at least in my case, you know, to look, uh, to look to God for solace, for answers to questions, because no one, no one had any for me. You know, why am I in the situation? I'm in, why do I keep moving? Why do I you know, why is no one else moving? I, I, it wasn't until like I was in fourth grade and I already moved like a, a dozen times or two that I didn't realize that other people weren't moving around. It was my standard. Um, like, what do you mean you moved around all the time? And like, I was like, yeah, don't you guys move around like every couple of months? And they're like, no, that's dumb. Why would we do that? <laughs> um, so it wasn't until like fourth grade that I realized that I was the oddity. I was the oddball. I was the, the guy moving around. And, you know, you go through periods where, um, you know, you don't think anything matters. And I know veterans deal with that, too, especially in transition or after, uh, you know, after a friend commits suicide. But, you know, I got to a point I was like, this is stupid. I was in my third school in the fourth grade. So uh, kindergarten, second grade, fourth grade and seventh grade. I was in three different schools during the school year, um, which is just nuts. Right. I was in my third school in the fourth grade. And I had already done that in kindergarten and second grade. And I was like, you know what? This sucks. And I turned into a jerk. I turned into someone that didn't care, someone that would lie, cheat, and steal, that would tell tall tales because, you know, you didn't think that it mattered. Uh, I had already moved, I mean, close to 20 times by that point. You know, I, <laughs> I spent more time probably in the court systems uh, than most adults had by that point. Um, it, it was just insane. And... Once I got there, you know, to that last school in fourth grade, I started telling some colossal lies. We didn't move for three years. <laughs> I was stuck uh, living in my lies and all the garbage that I had told. And, uh, you know, that that really sucked. And it was the bed that I made and I, I choose to take responsibility. But, you know, I started realizing some things were moving around a whole lot. One is I get to control how I feel about it. Um, all this stuff was happening to me. And you're a kid, there's not a lot that you control. And even as your adult, there's just a couple more things that you really control. But I could control how I felt about the situation. And I also saw that no matter what someone said, there was always another way to do it. I mean, I mean, think about this growing up, right? You're like, oh, it's my way or the highway. Well, when you hear that eight times and all 80 of your highways were doing it differently, you realize that there's not one way to do it. But the one constant is, is that even though we were moving around, we always ended up in a church, not the same church, but a church. And 
that's where some of that stability came in. That was the most stable thing in my life was hearing the word of God because the word of God doesn't change from church to church. Maybe how you implement it or maybe how you feel about it might change, but the word doesn't really change. Now we're not talking like King James and new international version and all that stuff where the word does change. I'm not talking about that stuff, but um, you know, the same principles applied to everything. And that was very interesting. Uh, so I gave my my heart to the Lord at, at, at a very young age and uh, have stuck with it this whole time. I, but I like to say I've only made three good decisions. It was, it was you know, uh, Jesus, the Navy, and my wife. Like, those are the three best decisions I ever made. <laughs> and the best thing about them is they didn't care about my past. Not any of them cared about my past. They cared about what I did in the future. Um, I think it's important for people to understand that when they're going through something rough like I have, and when you've been in five foster homes and you've had two family members try to kill you and you've been in 12 schools and you could qualify that as rough, right? You could. Um, I got to choose what I wanted to do with my life. I got to choose. It wasn't always the easy choice, you know, that I was going to do my studies. That I was going to do those things. I chose not to uh, drink alcohol. I chose not to do drugs. They were available. They were everywhere. And I saw from the example that I was given some things that I wanted to do and some things that I didn't want to do. And I saw the way some of those things were destroying people's lives. Mm. You know, there's a there's a kind of a, a little tale that Zig Ziglar tells that he met a pair of brothers or twins. And one was an alcoholic. And he asked, why are you an alcoholic? And he's like, well, you see, my dad was an alcoholic. I had no choice. And he talked to the other brother who was a Fortune 500 CEO. And he's like, I don't understand. Your brother's an alcoholic. Why aren't you an alcoholic? He's like, well, my dad was an alcoholic. I had no choice. See, they both had the choice. And one chose to follow the example. And one chose to completely reject the example that they were giving. So you have the choice to take responsibility for your own actions and what you want to do. Now, I didn't figure this out at nine. <laughs> I didn't. You, know, you figure out the stuff as you go. Uh, but some of the best things I can tell people to do is to change. You can't change the people around you, but you can change the people you're around. And um, when I started trying to really get my life together, I even though I'd already been in the Navy for seven or eight years, I was already a first class for you non-Navy types. That's an E6. Um, <laughs> I didn't like I didn't like the person that I was. And some of it was the people I was hanging around with. You know, if you're hanging around with five broke people, I'm going to show you the sixth. If you're hanging out with five people that go to the gym and then work out and are in shape, I'm going to show you the six. If you hang around with five people that bust all their money on uh, the lottery, cigarettes, beer, I'm going to show you someone else that's equally poor. And if you hang around with five millionaires, I'm going to show you the six. So I started looking for examples in life of people that I wanted to be like, guys that were taking care of their family. I didn't have you know that example growing up, guys that were actively pursuing college, actively, you know, pursuing the Lord, actively doing good things in our life. And I found quite quickly a group of guys that was going to hold me accountable and encourage me and to do the things that I needed to do. And shortly after that, I applied to be an officer uh, and I got picked up for the program I wanted, the first application I did, which doesn't happen too often. Just add more to the mystique of who I am, Jose. Um, <laughs> yeah. stuff just doesn't happen. And I can't tell you why exactly that all these things have happened to me the way they have. 
But I know that as I'm going through these experiences, I'm gaining, if you count the average person moves 10 to 12 times in their lives, well, I have five times the life experience of the average person in moving. Now, most people don't have a murder attempt, right? They have an uh, average of less than one. So I have four or five times the amount of experience in murder attempts. Uh, you know, I'll take that one for you all. Um, I have just been inundated with experiences upon experiences upon experiences. And most of them have been pretty awful. But I still get to choose what I want to do with my day. I get to choose to wake up, to fire up the podcast, to listen to someone talk about their passion, what they're excited about, how they're impacting the world. And then, uh, spoiler alert, I get to learn from people. Because I'm a podcast host, I get to have people on like Jose and be like, hey, Jose, tell me all your secrets. I want to take your master class for free. We'll call it an interview. Uh, I get to do things like that. Uh, one of the magic of being a podcast host. Uh, eventually, I hope to be on tons of podcasts, but I want to get into schools. And I want to talk to kids that I know are having a terrible time because they're out there. They're everywhere. They're your friend's kids that you see and you don't know how terrible their life is. Those are the kids that are out there. Um, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, all my kids' friends are good, well, maybe it's your kid and you just don't know the hard time they're going through. Maybe it's the neighbor kid that comes around and asks to mow your lawn for $10 because he could really use $10. Bucks. Um, I don't want the kids to know that that they get to choose what they want to do with this life. They can choose to do their homework and turn it in and get good grades. They can choose to go to bed on time and eat right and say no to drugs and alcohol and whatever else that they can choose to get into an industry or go to a college. Uh, I used to teach kids to go to college for free. Uh, that's also something I've learned how to do. Whatever the thing is, give it a shot. Try it. See how it takes. You might discover that, you know what? That was awful. I'm not going to do that again anymore. You might just find it like, oh, that was interesting. I really like that. How can I take what I've learned here and here and here and apply it to this new thing? And before you know it, you might have a couple of books and host a podcast and be a naval officer. I don't know. You might just be just like me. I, I couldn't tell you. You know, you're so inspiring. Um, <laughs> so many points that, that I just want to want to. I'm going to start with accountability. Um, you know, the being a male is is a, is a thing of God. God makes us men, right? Well, let me let me let me rephrase that. God makes us males. It's the fact it's when we accept responsibility for our actions, when we accept that accountability from God, that's when we become a man. That's mm -hmm. what makes us men in a society today where society wants to emasculate us. If you accept the things in your life that have happened, if you accept uh, responsibility and you and you make yourself accountable not just to yourself but to those around you that's what makes you a man mm -hmm. and, and I'm not trying to you know weed women out or anything I'm just saying as a general practice if you're a, if you're a person who takes responsibility for yourself that's what makes you a man or a woman it's it's not your physical you know chromosomes or whatever and so the fact that you had such a terrible <laughs> experience coming through life. And, and I didn't, I, I'm not gonna lie, Travis, I had it made in the shade. You know, my mom and dad loved us. Uh, my dad worked three jobs for us to go to private school. Uh, 
you know, I, I don't have anything to tell you, oh man, I had it rough growing up. You know, I didn't. <laughs> I made my choices after I got out of the house, after I got out of the military is when I made my choices that, that I have to live with for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And I regret those things. And the very first time I had to take a polygraph for, for my job uh, is when it like hit me in the face. It's like, wow, man, I'm really not proud of some of these things I've done, you know, but I took responsibility for it. Uh, you know, I've always, you know, had to look at that. It's so amazing. I, you know, I'm so glad that I asked you. I really didn't know where this was going to go. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad because um, people need to understand that, that you do have a choice. Mm -hmm. You can choose to live by the circumstances that you're dealt with, or you can choose to rise above that, uh, serve God, serve your, your fellow brothers and sisters, serve your community uh, in a positive way, regardless of, you know, the upbringing that you had. I was 45 years old before I surrendered my life to Christ. I ran from God. I did everything I could to push him away. Like, nope, nope, nope. You ain't catching me. Yeah. Uh, and I always, always joke around my wife. I said, you know, I, I wish God would have, would have, I wish somebody in the Navy would have. Um, one of my shipmates is a pastor uh, up by Dallas, uh, Craig Erb. He's a pastor up there, senior pastor. And I asked him, you know, when I went to, I went to his house a few months ago and I said, did when you were in the Navy, did you know uh, that God had a purpose for you already? Did you already know like what direction, you know, God was pushing you towards? He's like, oh yeah, I knew before I ever joined the service. And I think to myself, I told him, man, why, why didn't Craig try to, maybe he did. I was too busy, you know, getting drunk and on Liberty or whatever, you know, we pull in somewhere and I'd go drink my paycheck away. But, you know, I, I often said, man, I wasted so much of my life, you know, because, you know, let's face it. I mean, the average age is about 70 something. You know, you get close to 50. You're already past the halfway mark. <laughs> you're, you're on the other side, right? And so, I mean, and I, I would ask her, I said, well, why would, you know, why would I waste so much of my life? And she's like, that doesn't waste anything. You know, if Craig would have talked to you when you were in the service or if somebody else would have approached you even 10 years ago, um, you might have turned away from God forever. And so just because you have bad experience or whatever, you know, doesn't mean that you can't make the right choice. And I, I think you're a perfect example. I mean, um, a naval officer, you fly, mm -hmm. I mean, you help people start businesses. Uh, there's just so much, you know, that, that, and, you know, you wouldn't be here if you weren't, if you were shy about not telling people about it, because that's part of our <laughs> Uh, Here's the thing. Our, our story is what our story is. I can't change it. There's a lot of stuff that I didn't talk about. Like I didn't talk about all the times in there where I made terrible decisions and I did the wrong thing. I did the thing that I shouldn't have done. And I regret all of those. We didn't talk about any of that stuff. Yeah. But here's the deal. You've made that decision. It's in the past. Time has, has clicked over. And guess what? Now you're faced with a new decision. Am I going to get up today? And I'm going to do my push-ups. Am I going to get up today? Am I going to read? Am I going to get up today? I'm going to do my meditations. You know what? I said I was going to meditate and pray yesterday, and I didn't. Today, guess what? You can choose to do it. 
you can choose to do it again. Well, you know, the New Year's resolution doesn't, you know, didn't work. Don't wait for the Julian calendar to click over. Every day is that new day. Get it started. You know, the Mayans thought it ended in 2012, but turns out it was just the next first month of the, their new calendar that came out. You get to choose. There's there's a lot of people out there right now that, that had terrible things happen during COVID. That sucks. Yep. But there's a lot of other millions of people out there that have had the best years of their life. The stock market was up, and I noticed that some people were losing their jobs. I noticed when the stock market's down, I noticed that there's people making millions of dollars. I noticed that no matter who is in the president's uh, Oval Office, that some people are not going to be happy, and other people are. The president has nothing to do with my personal happiness. I get to choose how happy I'm going to be. I get to choose the people I interact with. I get to choose to follow that stuff or not follow that stuff. If you, I'll tell you right now, if you're a political junkie, chances are you're not a happy person, just in general. I can't think of a single person I know that watches politics on a regular basis that's happy. If that's if you find that I'm, I'm lying right now and you're that person and you're happy, let me know. Like, Travis, I'm the one person in the world that's happy watching politics all the time. <laughs> you're like, but you get to decide. You get to decide. You're like, man, I, I really want to watch these shows, but I really want to go to college. Turn the show off. Go to college. Figure out when the best time for you is to learn. I love net time, no extra time. That's listening to podcasts or audiobooks when I'm riding my bike, when I'm at the gym working out, when I'm commuting, when I'm in the grocery store walking around. I can be in my own little world. It's not like you know the person next to me grabbing the ham off the shelf gives a crap what I'm listening to. It's not like we're going to have a conversation anyway. Do your stuff. Listen. Learn. With the free podcasts that are out there, I can recommend a good one again. Um, with the free things that are available to you, go to YouTube. If the audiobook is free on YouTube, I'm not saying avoid paying for things, but I mean, if it's free, it's free. You get to choose what you're learning about. If you are a young man or woman listening to this right now and you can't afford to go to school, so what? Find the podcast on the thing that you want to learn about and start learning. There are people out there divulging all of their knowledge, whether it's, you know, learning about nonprofit boards where it's about talking to, I had Alan Stein Jr. on, he works with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Kobe Bryant, uh, the late, great Kobe Bryant. What about my interview with Alan Stein when it comes out here in a couple of weeks? Learn from the guy that you want to learn from. Connect with him on Facebook, on LinkedIn. Ask Gary V how to promote your stuff. Go find the person that's doing what you want to do and get their book. Download 40 years of someone's expertise into your life. And that's the hack. That's the shortcut. Learn from the people. You can't afford to go to college? Fine. Find that professor. Find the book that he wrote and read his book. You can afford the book or you can go to the library and check it out for free. Or you can go on overdrive and check it out for free. You determine your future. And if you're not investing in you, no one else is going to. We were talking about the stock market today and what was it, GameStop this week? And there's a bunch of billionaires out there out, out of money. Yeah. Guess what? You know, investing in the stock market is a risk. You know what's not a, a risk? Investing in yourself that always pays dividends. Come on, brother. Always. The other thing, too, I, and I don't, you've talked about it the whole time here, the whole hour that we've been talking, but is you have to take action. Yeah. 
whether you're taking action to read something, whether you're taking action to listen to the podcast, like you said, whether you're taking action to make a decision to say, I'm not going to be that person who gets caught up in whatever, what, mm. whatever it is. Not only do you need to invest in yourself, but you got to take action. Mm. Absolutely have to take action. And, and I, I learned that I, Listen, I'm taking a huge leap of faith at the end of February. I'm walking off my day job and I'm going to do this full time and I'm going to make it work. And I and I'm doing that because I know that that's the path that God has for me. And so I'm taking that step in faith. I know he's going to he's going to be there um, to pick me up. And I, I don't know if you've ever heard uh, Steve Harvey's. Um, he talks about the uh, jump. Have you heard that? Have yeah. you ever seen that? Yeah. And, he says, you know, if if you don't jump, one thing is for certain, you're never going to know what's on the other side ever. Yeah. Uh, and he says, and, and, you know, God's funny the way he works, but you're going to jump and man, you might get halfway down that cliff and you might hit a few branches and some rocks on the way down. Uh, but God's going to catch you because his promises are, you know, they're infinite and, and he never, ever, ever, ever fails us. And so, he's going to catch you. Mm-hmm. Your parachute's going to open. But if you don't ever take that step, if you don't ever take that action, you're never, ever going to know. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, you know, and I don't, I don't beat anybody up for whatever they want to do. You know, some people want to, if they, if their, if their purpose is to go and do ABC every day uh, for somebody and that's where they're happy and that's where God's got them, then God bless you. But if you're going to a job every day and you hate it and you and you despise the work that you do and you're not happy, then then you need to take some action in your life. You need to invest in yourself. Uh, And and I I just want people uh, obviously. I'm going to wrap that up with with that little tidbit of my own, but I got to tell you, Travis, I, I, I expected uh, I listened to some of your podcasts and I expected a, a good punch, but I really didn't. Uh, my wife never, ever comments on these. She watches them and she critiques me afterwards and tells me what I should, you know, try to you know to improve myself. Yeah. Uh, but when you were talking about uh, the politics stuff like that and people being happy, uh, she commented. She said, hey, man, I said, she's absolutely right. <laughs> you know, if you're if you're if you're gonna get caught up in all that stuff, you're probably not happy to begin with. I, I saw someone post or like uh, you know Donald Trump lied thirty thousand times during his presidency in four years, and I posted. I'm not usually political, but I posted. I was like, let me know, please. Is that uh, above average, below average, or about the average amount of lies a politician tells in four years? <laughs> and they chuckled and they didn't reply. Thank, thank the Lord, because I'm not interested in getting some of that stuff, but it, it's just one of those things with, awesome. with, the way, with the way social media is and the way news is they can take a speech that makes sense when you hear it. But if you only take out a line here or there, you can use it as ammunition on either side. Sure you can. And I know Zig Ziglar used to say that he'd wake up and every morning he'd read the newspaper and he'd read the Bible. That way he knew what both sides were up to. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Well, listen, man, we're uh, we're rounding up on an hour here, and uh, and I, I try to stay uh, in that realm. Just you know, 
because I don't want people to get. I think you could probably keep them entertained for a while. <laughs> uh, I, I I look, you know, I I really do uh, appreciate. I, I know time is very valuable. That's the one thing that that we do have control over is how we use our time, mm-hmm. and and I really do appreciate you taking out uh, time out of your day. Uh, you've been an excellent guest, man. Uh, I can't, the, the value that you've added the listeners, uh, I know the people uh, that are going to be listening to this in days to come, There, there's so much to get out of what you have to say. And and I, I, I can't tell you how much I really appreciate you. I value the uh, the time that you've taken and the value that you've added to my show, man. I mean, you're, you know, uh, I, I am wanting to do the same kinds of things that, you know, that you and Rich, I want to get in that top 10 list. Uh, and not not because uh, I have an ego thing that I want, but just because if I get to that point, I know that that my message is getting out a yeah. lot further. Yeah. And 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 my message, you know, is pretty simple. I don't hide it. I don't sugarcoat it. My message is I'm going to share the gospel of Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. and I'm going to help veterans in crisis. And and I don't make any. The vehicle to get there for me is coffee. Uh, and by the way, we have the best coffee this side of heaven. So, <laughs> you know, oh, no offense, Carrie. No offense, uh, Nick. No offense, uh, Ryan. No offense, uh, you know, all my friends. It seems like all my veteran friends have coffee companies. Uh, it's so I'm waiting for the veteran company to come out with hot chocolate because even though I've got more than 20 years in the Navy, I cannot stand coffee. Not I wish it wasn't true because you promoting coffee, but man, I cannot stand coffee. Hot chocolate. Where's Tammy Moses at? She watching this? Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate sister right there. Love hot chocolate. There uh, you go. <laughs> so again, you know, if you guys want to reach out to Travis, he's got a wealth of knowledge and uh, he's got a great service that he's providing for people, especially those that are trying to get into to the nonprofit world. But he's also got great business uh sense and things. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm trying to learn from him too. I, I, I purchased his uh, podcaster's guide and I'm looking forward to implementing some of those principles to, you know, to get my podcast to the next step. And I'm just starting, this is episode number nine. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I, I just really, really appreciate everything that you're doing off and on the screen, right? So to speak. And, uh, and I appreciate you coming on brother. God bless you. Mm-hmm. I pray that you and your family are blessed beyond measure. Uh, I'm going to put you in the green room for a second. Just hang out there for just a second while I close this up, and then I'll be right back. Thanks a lot. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, by far one of the most dynamic guests that I've had on the show. Uh, what an incredible story that Travis has. Uh, please reach out to him. You can look in the show notes afterwards. Uh, just absolutely incredible. Um, okay. God bless you guys. Treat each other the way God intended you to treat one another with love and respect. Catch us here next week on Friday at 7 p.m. for episode 10 of God Country Coffee. Love you guys. Goodbye. <laughs>